On this week's episode of the 1086-10A podcast, Matt and Lee give some updates on the Kaylee Anthony homicide, and they talk about the off-duty use of by law enforcement officers in states where it's legal. All that and more right here in the 1086-10A podcast. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode, 1086 10E Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Lee Alexander. And I'm Matt Taylor. And uh, we're going to talk about something that uh, we'd previously done a show on back in August. Mm-hmm. And uh, some sort of new developments came up in, on the case. And we're referring to the case of uh, Kaylee Anthony, right? little uh, three-year-old that was killed back in 2008. Um, and her mother, uh, Casey, was eventually charged in the case. However, she was acquitted at trial uh, due to the uh, wheelings and dealings of her defense attorney, Jose Baez. Uh, you got to put some of that back on the state attorney's office for failure to being able to prove their case as well. I think they actually, personal opinion, right, they, right. They, they went way too fast on that. It might have been because of, you know, the the uh, locals raising cane and putting a lot of pressure on the state attorney's office to do something. But mm-hmm. I think that case went to court way too fast. Right. Um, for, just in case uh, somebody out there listening that isn't, you know, aware of what this or case involves. It, yeah. now, it, it kind of can get confusing because you have the victim, the child, Kaylee. And the eventual suspect, the mother, Casey. Right. So that that can cause some confusion. But back in July of uh, 2008, um, it was discovered that uh, three-year-old Kaylee was missing. Right. She was actually reported, I think it was July 15th. And... uh, at the time, it was it was it was reported by the grandmother. Mm -hmm. She's the one who did the initial call to the. to law enforcement saying, hey, my granddaughter's missing. And the only reason they became aware of it is they had finally tracked down um, Casey. She had gone off somewhere else to party and have a good time. And they said, you know, where's Kaylee? And that's when they discovered and she told them, oh, I gave her to a babysitter and the babysitter uh, disappeared. And I've been able to find her. That was 31 days ago. Didn't she let you that the... The babysitter had kidnapped. Well, that's what she tried to say. That right. must have been the case. Well, if that's the case, why don't you report it? Ain't got time for that. Yeah, no, she had a party to go to, new tattoos to get, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the case was went on, and they eventually found the uh, remains, um, Kaylee's remains. Right. Um, she was quite decomposed. Um, but uh, one of the key issues was there was duct tape across uh, the mouth. Mm-hmm. It was actually holding the parts of the jaw together. Um, so the investigation uh, was initiated by law enforcement um, as a homicide. And they did things like uh, they searched the vehicle that uh, Casey was utilizing. And that's where they came up with the uh, 
indication there was the some equipment that they had used had identified chloroform in the trunk of the car hmm. and um and didn't the uh the dogs alert to decomp yes both in the house excuse me in the backyard and the car right so based on the investigation uh done by law enforcement um Casey was uh, actually charged with the murder of Kaylee, mm-hmm. and they went to trial. Now, the theory that the prosecutors had was that uh, Casey had chlorofi- chloroformed Kaylee and duct taped her mouth closed and then disposed of her. Um, their motive, their th- their theory of the motive was is that um, Casey wanted to have a partier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're basing that on is uh, is – you know, during that 31-day lapse before it was reported the child was missing, that's what she had done. She'd gone, you know, off and was partying and posting on social media, you know, pictures of her partying, getting a new tattoo and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the theory, and that's the approach that law enforcement took. Um, now, Jose Baez was the head of the defense team. And uh, his counter theory was that uh, Kaylee had died as a result of accidental drowning and that the grandfather, uh, Casey's father, had disposed of the body. Mm -hmm. And so that was the theory that he put forward. That's the theory that the jury um, bought into. Bought into. So was there an actual um, documented cause of death? No, because of the extent of decomp. Okay, so um, but the, they're they're making an assumption that it was probably strangulation, but they can't really make that determination. Apparently, right? Wasn't there a second autopsy done? Yeah, there was a second uh, autopsy done by the defense. Mm-hmm. Now, their uh, pathologist, uh, Doctor Werner Spitz, said that the uh, the work done by the ME was shoddy work. So that uh, because of the condition of the body, there was no way to determine a manner or cause of death. Mm-hmm. And so that was the presentation made by the defense. But they also added in there that uh, at some point there was this volunteer, Crystal Holloway, who was helping search for Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Um, she told uh, that the story that she had had an affair with George Anthony, the grandfather. Oh, boy. And that during that time, he had told her that Kaylee's death was an accident that spiraled out of control. Um, and so that's the story of how the prosecu- or the defense tried to muddy the waters and uh, tear up the defense's or the prosecution's case. So uh, apparently that worked for... Uh and uh, Casey, because she was acquitted, correct? Right. She was acquitted, even though, I mean, the defense or the prosecution put forward, you know, that they found chloroform in the trunk of the car. They found signs of decomp in the trunk of the car. They found uh, Kaylee's hair in the trunk of the car. You know, like you mentioned earlier, the two dogs alerted in the backyard and mm-hmm. on the car. Right. Um, and the fact that it went 30 some days without being reported. To right. me, is one of the biggest. What the hell? I don't know about you, but if my kid goes missing for thirty-one seconds, I'm losing my mind. You know, and they're talking thirty-one days. Yeah, that's a long time. 
you know, it, also, we're not talking about a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, no, a three-year-old. Three That's madness. <laughs> that just blows my mind. I, I, I don't get it. So you had, you had brought up this case when we had discussed this earlier, that there's been new things that come to light in this. What are, what are those things? Right. Recently, what they did is since... Since the defense's position was that George Anthony was the real culprit in this, not uh, Casey. The cheater. Yeah, the cheater. The cheater. And uh, <laughs> so that was the whole the whole crux of the defense's case was that it wasn't her, it was him. You know, just enough to put in that reasonable doubt into the mind of the jurors. Well, so to counter that, this organization came up with the idea of taking – uh, George and Cindy um, Anthony, and having them take lie detector tests. Mm -hmm. And they did this live, um, and they recorded it. Um, it. This wasn't an idea of the Anthony's. This was something this group came up with. So they um, gave both of them lie detector tests, mm -hmm. and they both passed. What you mean neither showed deception? Yes, neither okay. showed deception or involvement in the disappearance and death of Kaylee. Right. Because uh, that's what the questions, of course, were geared to, not whether or not he was a cheater or anything like that. So that dispels the main focus of the defense's case that uh, Casey didn't do it because Dad did it. Mm -hmm. Well... If you take this, even though it's not admissible in court, but in the court of popular opinion, you right. know, Anthony didn't, no, George Anthony didn't do it. That leaves Casey Anthony. And if that's the case, which it seems to be, she got away with murder. Of course. Which was our thought from the get-go when she was found not guilty. Again, I'm going to put my blame back on the state attorney's office. I think they botched this whole case. Uh, what they came to the jury with, that minimum stuff, um, like a hair in a trunk, that's easily explained away. Mm -hmm. um, whether it had root to it or not, it's still easily explained away. Do you put a stroller in the back of the, right. back of the car? It could have Blanket, been attached. Whatever. Yeah. Anything. Right. Uh, and could have fallen off. You're right. So, again, I'm going to put this back on the state attorney's office. They failed. Mm -hmm. Huge. Whether um, Casey is the actual person that killed Kaylee, I don't think we'll ever know. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like somebody got away with murder. Yeah, and, and unless she comes across and sees God all of a sudden, decides she wants to come clean and admit it, which even if she did, there's you can't. There's nothing you can do about right. it. Um, Double jeopardy. Yeah, so she's got away with murder. Right. Um, and it's it's a sad situation. You know, it, and you get, you know, how things like the Innocent Project, you know, they they try to say how many innocent people are convicted every year. You know, well, how about how many guilty people walk away every because sleazeball yeah. defense attorneys? Um, you know, it's one thing for a defense attorney to use, you know, uh, honest uh, approach to defending your client. But when... You know, you can't beat the evidence, so you beat the person. Mm -hmm. Create bullshit just to muddy the waters and confuse the jurors. All you need is a slither of doubt. Yeah, it's kind of like politics. It doesn't matter about what's right or wrong. And that's just not, 
the way things should work. Right. It's, it's about justice. It's about what's right or wrong. And uh, you got a lot of defense attorneys like Jose Baez is a perfect example. Yes, I said your name. Sue me. Um, he's a shitbag. Mm-hmm. And all he cares about is winning, not whether or not his client is truly guilty or innocent. So you and I had talked about this years ago that it's just a dog and pony show. Um, the judicial system could mm-hmm. be a dog and pony show right. for for most part. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate we've lost a three-year-old little girl and the individual responsible for that death is walking free. Right. Whether, again, it'd be grandfather, mother, grandmother, who knows? Whoever did it. Right. Um, it's just a sad circumstance that, uh, you know, poor shoddy work, um, messed up behavior by a defense team mm-hmm. um, leads to such a circumstance. It's unbelievable. All right. Well, hopefully we don't see another recurrence of that kind of situation. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, I think you found an interesting one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to look at an article that uh, we found on policeone.com that talks about, uh, has a case study or a debate uh, between some folks about off-duty marijuana use in states where it's legal. Then you're referring to law enforcement officers. Yes, law enforcement officers. And they actually, uh, they were actually referring to uh, California in this particular case, one of our favorite states. Of course. And uh, so why don't you talk about it a little bit, what what they said. Well, the debate is whether or not if it's legal in a state, if an off-duty officer has the right to partake in Marijuana. Off-duty. Off-duty. Right. Um, when I saw that, I said to you, so my question is, what's the difference between that and alcohol? Exactly. I mean, if it's legal, <laughs> it's legal. Right. But the the position that they take is they're, they're debating this um, assembly bill, uh, assembly bill 2188, um, and amended by Senate Bill 700. And what that says is it's unlawful for an employer to discriminate against a person in hiring, termination, or any term or condition of employment, or otherwise penalize a person if the discrimination is based on either of the following. The person's use of cannabis off the job and away from the workplace, or an employer-required drug screening test that has found the person to have non-psychoactive cannabis metabolites in their hair, blood, urine, or other bodily fluids. Mm -hmm. So that's the law that's trying to go through in California. And so if that's the case, then it would make it okay for police officers to utilize, um, you know, marijuana off-duty. Right. And so what this debate does is they – it's these individuals debating it don't actually agree or disagree one way or the other – to their position. Right. It was their positions were drawn at random. One is debating against the law and one is debating for the law. And so they're going back and forth and discussing what the pros and cons are to this law and how it affects law enforcement. And to so in order to I don't know 
get the Reader's Digest version, what we'll do is we can just talk about our own thoughts on the subject. Right. And then we'll intersperse with what, you know, the kinds of things that they talk about and, you know, the positions that they took. So let's start with what's your thoughts on the issue in general? I might think it's, again, it'll go back to um, they're going to have to modify drug testing. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, um, I you would have to run some type of parallel comparison with alcohol. So, And let me put it this way. How many people do you know that um, or have heard of, let me rephrase this, that have gotten in, in a lot of trouble because of alcohol, making extremely poor decisions? A shit ton, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot. So how many people do you know um, – by using marijuana are out making bad decisions. Well, I'd have to honestly say not that many because, of course, because of my background, I've never been around people that did it all that much. But because of your background, you actually have. Well, you know, people that I've been dealing with, but in actuality, Bad decisions, other than the fact they were in possession of the drugs while it was illegal, it was the only bad decision they made. Right. You know, I mean, and honestly, when you look at, um, for example, for DWI arrests, it was it was usually alcohol, Mm -hmm. not narcotics that people were under the influence of when you stopped them. Right. Um, I don't know. And it's probably... uh, the not status symbol, but it's it's probably just the way people look at it. But usually, people that were on the marijuana were kind of chill, chill. Where just... the alcohols were dicks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Alcoholic, a dickhead, a stoner. But Not I think so that's what they've got to do. They have to look at it instead of looking whether it's legal or illegal. They have to look at whether it's being abused or not. Or in the effects, actually. Yeah. It, well, like I'm saying, if you know, because let's face it, cops drink a lot, you know, or a lot of cops drink. Let's put it that way. So the judgment isn't whether it's legal or illegal and they can use it on or, or off duty. Mm-hmm. The question is, are they abusing it while they're off duty? And it is you know, pulling over into their time on duty, you know, they're coming to work drunk or they're coming to work hungover and they're not coming to work because they're drunk. Um, the same thing would have to apply to the use of marijuana once it's made illegal or once it's illegal or legal. They'd have to do the same thing, you know, are they abusing at the point that it's affecting their work performance? Right. So it, that's funny. Um, it just, for some reason, that conversation just clicks up in my head. So this officer pulls over this person that's extremely stoned out of their head, right? Officer asks, do you know why I'm pulling you over? And the guy goes, hey, man, I guess I was speeding. He goes, no, you were doing seven. He goes, seven over? He goes, no, seven miles an hour. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) That would be me, man. And nowadays, that would be me. I was like, ah, fly it. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, I... That's actually a, a great topic. I wonder how many people – well, let me, re, let me rephrase that. I wonder if people want to give us their opinions too. That would yeah, be cool. Yeah, what, what they think, yeah. Send us an email, 1086108podcast at gmail.com, and, and give us what you think of this, this issue. Now, one of the things that kind of caught our eye in this debate 
um, that they had. Um, one of the guys, um, he was talking, and he says, um, he said, another issue most important is that although the law does provide that the user may carry, and user is referring to a person using the marijuana off-duty, mm-hmm. <laughs> you like that, using the marijuana, uh, <laughs> may carry a firearm for employment. The Federal Gun Control Act of 1968 prohibits those who violate federal standards of controlled substance drug use from owning personal firearms off-duty. This is one of the things I have heartburn with is when people try to say federal law mm-hmm. overrides uh, state law. Right. No. State law overrides federal law except on federal property. That's the only place that that, that applies. Federal law cannot overlie, overrule state law. That's what the Constitution's in place for to avoid. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the Federal Gun Control Act says that is irrelevant. Right. And that's my stance, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, I guess, this, the in what, reading the debate, they, they talk about the— you know, the ethical considerations regarding sworn officers using marijuana. And I think that's a that's a stigma or that's a position taken because, you know, marijuana in these places where it was illegal for so long. I mean, that's what we arrested a lot of people for it. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying it's legal. Well, you know, go back to prohibition. You know, alcohol was legal. And then it wasn't legal. And a lot of people went to jail over it. And then it became legal again. Well, now, what do you think? Somebody's having a drink. You're going to want to run over and arrest them. No, because it's legal. Mm-hmm. That's the, defu- the, you know, the issue that matters here. And so if it's legal, they can do it. Like it or not, it's legal. I like it. You know? I mean, I like the idea that being that it's legal, they should be able to protect. Yeah. I- Again, I agree with you, but, you know, whether you support it or don't, it's the law in that state. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that way in all states, but it is there. So I'm not sure what the the back and forth on it is. If it's the law, it's the law. If it's not, it's not. I'm with you. You know, so I'm not sure where they're going to go with this. I'm not sure whether or not that uh, assembly bill will pass. You know how that'll start? Seriously, when they, they they call to order this this hearing, it's like, dude, <laughs> dude, check it out, dude. What do you think of that? All right, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I I uh, I think it has. It, one of the parts was it was a somebody who's advocating for it only because it helps with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have been in this career long enough to know that the majority of officers drink. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but the majority. Right. And then a lot of them drink in excess only for the mere fact that it's to, to suppress their their issues, their pains, and stuff like that. Right. Um, God forbid you ever be found not feel, excuse me, not fit for duty. You've right. just lost everything. Right. And a lot of people have been doing this forever, and eventually it takes a toll. I would much rather see an individual stoned, chilling and dealing with his PTSD or her PTSD than I would an, an extremely intoxicated person because you don't know what you're going to get there. 
Right. The reactions tend to seem seem to be a little bit different, too. I think it's very drastic, actually. Yeah. Personal uh, observations and stuff like that. Right. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the conversation regarding uh, the, the new reefer madness coming to uh, California. It's Deputy uh, Dude, bro. Deputy Dude. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We'll hope you'll be here next week right here on the 1086 108 podcast.